Mojo. Ah, yes, here it is. Got your mojo working. Pizzazz, oomph, zest, passion, energy, vibe. ACDC, the Mojo Radio Show. Hey, that can't be right. I got my mojo working. Hey everybody and welcome to the Mojo Radio Show. If you are new to the show, what do we do here? Well, we just find experts that we think have got something to offer, something special, an opinion or tips and tools to help you get your mojo working in and out of work. Now, it could be around creativity, something to do with your business, strategy, leadership, um, coming up with ideas, uh, you personally, your spirit, it could be about your wellness, your health, your food, exercise, Anything that we find interesting that we think is you can apply to your world to help you get your mojo working. Before we start, let's say good day to the man behind the panel. Robbo, how's your week been, buddy? My week's been fantastic, mate, and yours? Good, good, good. I've been out in the speaking circuit this week. Yep. Uh, I was in Sydney yesterday doing some, uh, doing a speaking job down there for, uh, for a company that are working in diabetes, which was um, very gratifying, nice. actually, because uh, we know the, the growing epidemic in diabetes, so it was nice to be able to speak in front of a lovely audience and do your bits. So, um, nice. yeah, it's been good. Nice. I've been working with uh, a good mate of ours, Mr. Andrew Peters, actually. Oh, what on? We, uh, we've been doing some stuff for the BBC in the UK. You want to have a listen? Oh, yeah, really? yeah. Here you go. Have a listen to this. This is BBC Radio 1 Extra. BBC Radio 1 Extra. BBC Radio 1 Extra. BBC Radio.co.uk. 1 Extra. BBC Radio.co.uk. 1 Extra. BBC Radio 1 Extra. There you go. A little sample. Is that AP? That's AP, yeah. And his next door neighbour, believe it or not. Oh, really? What a classic. Yeah, so that was nice. Speaking of AP, I bumped into the CEO of a company called ECB, which are East Coast Bull Bars up in Vegas last week. I was doing a speaking gig up there for a bunch of CEOs. And... Ray is a is an avid listener. Right, I think he knew more about the knew more about the shows than I did, <laughs> and he commented on on how well that you and I and AP got on. I went, mate, you should see the studio. Yes, that's right. Yeah, if only people knew what went on behind the scenes. Eh? But I must say, um, a special shout out <laughs> to uh, to the guys at ECB because they saved my bacon last week. I was travelling down to Sydney for a job, <laughs> and it was just before dawn, a little foggy, and I smacked a room <gasps> with my uh, Nissan Navara. Bang! If you tried, if you measured the exact dead centre of my ute, I smacked this massive room. Um, Mate, the uh, I tell you what, if it had not been for my ECP bars yeah. on the front of yeah. my ute, I would still be on the side of the road <laughs> trying to hitch a lift because uh, it was all over. It was all yeah. over. So, um, world's best alloy bars, mm. mate. Mm. Thank you, boys. You think it, but how often do you say it? What were they thinking? Mate, I have got a classic case of what were they thinking. Right. Have we got an intro for that? Yeah, I just played it. So get this right. <laughs> This is this is marketing and brand heaven. Mm. Whiskers have developed Catsacam, right. right? Which just lets your kitty take a photo and send it to their own Instagram account. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What were they thinking? What were they thinking? So what they've got is it's a wearable camera mm. that Whiskers have done. Mm. 
and you basically put it around the neck of your cat. Right. And every 20 seconds, it can take a photo <laughs> and it automatically uploads it to the cat's own Instagram account where supposedly the owners and cat lovers can watch what they're getting up to. Oh, my to. God. <laughs> what were they th- I mean, I'm all about innovation and creativity. Yeah. And they, come on. It's, the social media and trying to be, it's just getting way out of, out of hand. Hashtag. Ask Whiskers. Hashtag cats a can. <laughs> Just please. So the new, the new question on the front of setting up a Facebook or an Instagram account should be, are you human or are you four-legged? Oh, no. Just shoot me. Anyway, so there's, mm. my, um, there's my what were they thinking. What have you got, mate? I've got one, uh, I've got one a little, little left of centre, uh, probably even more so than your one about cats. Uh, you, we mm. know of Airbnb. Been around for a while yep. now. Yeah, very successful. Yeah. Well, we've yep. got, we now have Kink B&B. So, uh, yeah, right. it connects sex-positive and kink-friendly travellers and hosts around the world. So, think of your Airbnb format, but think it in terms of um, car keys in bowls, maybe? Oh, yeah. no. A <laughs> kid. No, it seems to be, uh, seems to be uh, taking off in more ways than one, I would say. Uh, That's whack. It says at present they have around 20 listings for kink-positive accommodations worldwide. And they're looking to grow. So, um, if you're that way inclined, uh, take a look. Kink B and B. I mean, it's a, it's a classic case of what were they thinking. Mm. But also, I've got to say that as a marketer brand and doing a lot of speaking on this, it's there's actually an interesting learning with this because what they've done is Airbnb set up a whole new category of travel accommodation. Mm. And what these guys have done is set up a category inside that category. Yeah. And being the first one into it, so to speak, they have created a whole new base of ground. It's, um, it is very, very interesting. So, let us know what you think. <laughs> let us know what you think of it, mate. <laughs> Actually, no. Send it to AP. Yes. He can test it for us. <laughs> we'll send him out in the road. We'll send him out in the road with a dat and get him to record. There you go. It. Yeah, and a few iPhone photos. Anyway, there yeah. you go. Yeah, hello, princess. Yes. <laughs> Come down off your pole. Um, all right, let's get into yeah, the show. Yeah, show eh? this week. Let's go. The Mojo Radio Show. So our guest on the show this week is Sylvia Demiano from About My Brain. And I first did some work with Sylvia. I was doing a speaking job that Sylvia was coordinating for some work we are doing for a university a few years ago. And... We got it really well together and had a lot of similar philosophies on the brain, imagination, creativity, innovation. And we bumped into each other a couple of weeks ago when Sylvia was doing some filming for her website and she interviewed me on the connection between the brain, imagination and how that links into creativity, innovation and so on. And it was a really interesting chat and she's an absolute fabulous lady. And I thought, well, I haven't seen her for a while and I know how good she is. She'd make a fantastic guest for the show. So, Sylvia Damiano, welcome to the Mojo Radio Show. Thank you, Gary. It's a pleasure to be here. It's so nice to have you on the show because um, I've been a fan of your work for a long time. Um, One of the things I wanted to ask you about at the front of the book, um, it describes you as a scientist, educator, author, speaker and so on. But it also said that the institute you set up, but the About My Brain Institute has the purpose of democratizing leadership and neuroscience, which I love. Mm -hmm. What exactly does that mean? 
Okay. Well, uh, this is probably the um, an, an effect of uh, the work I have been doing for the last 20 years. So originally I trained as a scientist, but uh, life has taken me to work in the leadership development space. And I have done that for the past um, two decades. And it reaches a point where... Um, uh, things are changing in the world where people need to be more entrepreneurial, where we can't rely on our bosses to um, mark the path that we will follow. Things are changing really fast uh, and it's up to everybody to decide how they want to live their lives. And I think that leadership abilities um, and leadership competencies, as we have been teaching them in the corporate setting for many, many years, uh, are something that have to come out of the uh, cupboard and be shared with um, anyone who wants to hear and who wants to learn. That's why I talk about democratizing leadership and in terms of democratizing neuroscience. Um, as you know, science for some people can be quite scary, but in reality, uh, we all have a brain. We all have a human system that we need to understand in order to perform better, in order to more innovative in order to be more agile. So um, we don't have to really go and study science career to understand how we work, how we function, uh, but it's a matter of interest. It's a matter of going a bit beyond what we normally do on our daily lives and um, investigate how our brains work. And this um, information is readily available if you're interested. So what, with, with the work you're doing, Sylvia, what do you wish people knew about their brain? Um, that's an awesome question. <laughs> um, I think that one of the um, uh, most important uh, aspects is to know how our brain reacts uh, and how it gets translated into the behaviors that we display um, daily. Um, we know that if we feel threatened, um, our amygdala, uh, our limbic system activates and we will have maybe a harsh response or we will want to fight with someone or we want to run away from a situation that uh, scares us or threatens us. And there's a myriad of different reactions according to how the brain, the different brain systems are, are working. Uh, so just to know that one, <laughs> this aspect of the brain and how it translates into uh, our reactions and responses is very helpful because if we know uh, how we are going to react, we can set up certain strategies to stop our ourselves and maybe ruin a friendship or ruin a relationship at work or um, forgetting about the things, the important things we have to do. Um, so I would say that this is one of the most important aspects. Say I understand the possibilities and say I'm in a situation where something's happening and I've got the chance to ruin something or say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. How, what, what sorts of things are you talking about? Like knowing it's one thing but then being able to do something about it is another. What can people do with their brains to have them be in a better position to be able to deal with those situations? Okay, that's a great question and that's the question that most people ask in terms of give me the tips, the hints, the strategies so I can go and apply them. And I would say that mm. one of the first strategies is really work on your conscious awareness, really understand and observe and be able to observe your own reactions or our own reactions. So being mindful of the impact 
that we have on others. Because um, once I heard, and I definitely believe it's true, that 80% of the change that we can um, implement is due to awareness. The rest, the other 20% is about knowing that extra, um, you know, those extra hints or tips that we can apply. But if we are not aware, if we mm-hmm. react and we don't notice what we're doing, it's very difficult to apply any strategy. Um, so um, in the moment of reaction, one of the first things that I would say as within the 20% is um, take a deep breath, which is um, an old um, recommendation, but most people don't do it. Don't, we don't implement it enough. And uh, we know that when we send uh, oxygen through the prefrontal cortex, the part, the part sitting behind the forehead in the brain, who decides who, who is the executive function of the brain, uh, we are able to calm down the reactive parts of the brain and we are able to decide and make better choices than we normally would if we simply react and don't think about what we are doing. So that's obviously a, that's obviously a learnt skill, Sylvia, is that right? Because um, there are a lot of people out there who don't seem to be able to control that. Yes, and it's happening more and more because uh, uh, we are living in a fast society where stress and being overwhelmed by information and bombarded by technical devices doesn't allow us to be mindful, doesn't allow us to think about we are, we, what we are doing or notice what we are doing. So the, the normal reaction is like being in the jungle and being attacked by a, by a lion, which has have the primitive um, things that the brain is prepared to do, which is run away or fight or freeze and, uh, in these situations. But we are not in the jungle anymore. However, we behave as if we were in the jungle. And um, it's, it's a very, it creates toxic environments and it really uh, doesn't make us look the best. Mm. So are these are these sort of connected to the road rage and all those sort of of ugly things we see in people? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, road rage is another mm. example of um, a very active limbic system uh, of a mindless person. <laughs> we are not able to, fl- uh, you know, to flow with the situation. We are not able to stop and think, well, what's the best use of my time here or mm. what's my best reaction? And then we mm. end up with road rage. So, Sylvie, what's one thing that somebody could do to be more present? Um, well, you know, um, probably is... Um, uh, Attempt anything that you can do uh, to notice what you're feeling, to notice your emotions. If you are tense, then do something about being tense. But the first step is to recognize that you are tense and to acknowledge that those emotions exist in all of us. Mm. Uh, It's not just you. (laughs) It happens to many people. And that we can do something about it. So if you are tired, if you're exhausted, if you have been in meeting after meeting, take a 10-minute break and, you know, put uh, those 10 minutes and spaces in your diary. And I know that you will think, well, I'm too busy, I cannot do that because that's the thing that we have learned to say. The mantra of today's workplace is I'm too busy, I don't have time to do anything. But the reality is that we all have 24 hours and if we want to be more productive, we have to take those 10 minutes and don't put meeting after meeting after meeting. Um, and um, another thing is people are not sleeping enough. In We are sleeping approximately one hour less than we were sleeping 20 years ago. And now there's lot of evidence and research that shows that when we don't sleep properly, um, we are going to be less creative, we are going to make uh, bad decisions. And I'm finding this more and more in people that people say, I'm only sleeping four, five, six hours, I don't have enough time. Sylvia, I'm sure you're familiar with the work of Dr. Daniel Armin. Yes. I heard him speak recently and he has over 100,000 brain scans. Yes. But one of the things he said was that he, he once saw a brain scan and went 
that's a beautiful brain. And I thought, that's my new dream. I want to leave the planet with a beautiful brain. Yes. Can you give me something that I could really do to enhance the beauty of my brain? Yes, absolutely. Well, um, I must say that I got my brain scan as well in his clinic, so I know what he's talking about. Oh, really? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Wow. And Yes, yes. And um, to make it simple, um, I, I will probably quote what he normally says. To recognize a, a very balanced and beautiful brain, uh, you know that someone displays this brain uh, 90 or 80% of the time when the person is calm but alert at the same time. So it doesn't mean that because you are calm, you're not alert. So it's both things mm. at the same time. Um, it's someone that is happy and confident most of the time. It's someone that that is easy to deal with and is someone that is pleasant. So when you uh, reunite these characteristics, uh, you can probably uh, make sure that you are in front of, you know, somebody that has a good balanced brain. Um, so we can improve our brain function. Um, in fact, aiming is one of the things he says, uh, we just need to nurture eat the right foods, sleep properly, um, you know, make sure we breathe and we are in contact with nature and we take breaks from technology. And, and if, if you particularly have areas that because of trauma or because of illnesses or because of medication or addictions you have out of uh, place, let's say, you need to specifically fix those areas. What, what have you included into your diet that you know is doing the right thing for specifically your brain? Mm -hmm. Well, um, as you know, uh, there's a lot of issues and comments about diets and what people are recommended from paleo diet to, you know, also all sorts of things. So yeah. I'm not a nutritionist, but I do know I try yeah. on myself and um, th there's books with the foods that are uh, recommended uh, brain-friendly foods. So I would suggest uh, whoever is listening to look for those um, uh, type of foods and in increase the, the intake. Uh, but uh, definitely when we wake up in the morning, drink several glasses of water, uh, definitely because we have been sleeping, maybe not drinking, and the, the brain requires a lot of water. Um, and uh, make sure you do that over throughout the day. Um, and um, I have gone into uh, not taking any gluten, not taking taking any lactose, not taking any eggs uh, at different intervals and seeing how my body res responded. And definitely I find out that without gluten, I feel so much better. My gut feels yeah, much better. Yeah. And therefore, if my gut feels good, um, my brain is going to operate much better. As you know, there's a, a strong interaction between the gut. The, some people are calling it the second brain and the head brain. So the yeah. health of your intestines will determine the health of your head brain and that influences in the way you make decisions and in how you behave in general. Mm. I introduced um, ginkgo and Bra I think it's Brahmi is what they call it, um, uh, yeah. which I, was, I read as a great supplement for the brain and clarity of thought. And I must say that when I'm, when I'm taking it, I do notice that I don't forget words. I don't forget as much things come to mind. And when you're a speaker, it's pretty important for your, your yes. thoughts to come when you want them to yes. come. Yes. Um, are there any supplements like that that you have tried or you know that people you work with tried that, that uh, you would recommend? Yes. Uh, in fact, Gingo Biloba is a very old uh, tree. 
uh, that provides um, a component that helps with your memory. Um, omega fish oil as well is very important. And uh, there's one that I particularly take called Focus on Energy. Uh, and um, there are other uh, things that uh, help you with mental clarity. I, I don't want to recommend anything specifically of any brand or anything like that. There's a, another um, route uh, that is sold in powder. I'm, tr I'm trying this one, which is called DOPA, and it comes from a plant and is the precursor of uh, dopamine as well. So I'm testing that one out, and it seems to work very well if you're low in dopamine, which is, you know. So it's called DOPA? DOPA. Yes, L-DOPA. Uh, yes, so uh, the plant is Mucuna prudens uh, that provides a substance called L-DOPA, which uh, helps in the synthesis of dopamine. Ooh, got to get me some of that, Robert. <laughs> no, no, I was just losing. <laughs> I could hear the pen writing. <laughs> uh, once again, once again, you know, I do, I do all of this research and I look at different sources and I'm not recommending any specifically that I haven't tried myself, so that's what I'm saying, but, you know, every Everybody has the right to look and search for their own information. Mm, mm. You were talking about the um, the synergy between the gut and the brain. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have Crohn's disease, which has flared up in the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. And I certainly noticed that energy-wise, um, brain-wise and all that sort of stuff, as is probably evident right now, it's just nothing mm -hmm. like it normally is um, with all that inflammation down there and everything not working as it should. It, it's it's so true. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's, um, you know, and many people, uh, all this information is coming up now about leaky gut, uh, not mm. having a gut that is absolutely healthy because mm. the little windows between the gut and the bloodstream remain uh, open instead of being semi-closed and, uh, and working properly. And mm. uh, certain toxics that come with the foods we eat go into the bloodstream stream and they shouldn't. Um, so it's really important to look after the health of your gut, read about it because sometimes doctors do not have the time to explain to you all the mm. things that are needed to protect your gut and mm. really has an impact on the rest of our system. How about the medications that we take, Sylvia? I mean, at the moment I'm on high dose steroids and, and spending half a day a week uh, in hospital on a, a steroid drip. Mm. Um, how how does those sort of not just steroids in particular, but all those sort of medications in general? How do how do they affect our brain function? If you look at um, Amen's work as well, you know one of the they even though they prescribe medication for uh, particular cases which they need it, um, you have to be watching the medication. Some people are on many many pills per day for different issues, and it's so easy uh, for people to want to fix a problem by taking a pill instead of going and doing exercise, which perhaps would help them even more. Um, so I am, I, I don't normally take medications. I avoid it if I can only when I'm really sick about something specific. Uh, but, um, they are, as you know, they are, um, created in laboratories and, um, unless you have a particular problem, I would try to minimize them as much as possible and, and look at alternatives. Drink water instead of taking Panadol for a headache and all that sort well, of stuff. You know, sometimes uh, a headache is a synonym of, you know, stress or something mm. that is happening to you. And that's what I was saying before. If we don't really recognize our emotions and we just want to create a facade for how we really feel and it mm. manifests in a, in a headache, uh, we are not uh, actually addressing the cause. We are just putting in a band-aid on an issue and uh, we keep putting paradols or whatever it is into our system and as we know it's it's a foreign uh, um, element to the way we were supposed to operate and i'm yeah. not saying that people don't suffer headaches in today's workplaces and in general because we have a lot lots to, to go on and do um, and some people have less resilience than others you know and 
it's, it's a very difficult society, I would say, that we are living now. For our listeners, Sylvia, uh, you did a TEDx speech at The Rocks, which I thought was great. Thank um, you. And during that speech, you mentioned that you, you yourself went through a period of depression. Yes, what that's did, right. Um, what did depression teach you about yourself and your brain? Uh, that's a great question, and thank you for bringing that up. Uh, and uh, the reason why I share this um, in such an open manner is because I always think that people have more issues than they um, acknowledge or they accept to share because you know, we have this... Uh, prejudices against people who have something. Um, and in reality, it happens more than what we think. Um, and what has taught me about my brain, f- first of all, it, it really raised my level of awareness, of self-awareness about how sometimes we are in situations that we never expected they would happen to us. And uh, what's our level of strength, internal strength, and once again, resilience, and how we are able to deal with that. And it was a really difficult uh, period, but I learned a lot about no, yes, I can deal with this. Uh, yes, it's up to me to get healthy again and do what it needs to, da- to, to, to do to fix it. And, um, you know, to develop the sense of will that uh, I think that it's hidden somewhere in all of us and that we have to uh, have it as a resource if we want to overcome certain circumstances. And also it allowed me to be more empathetic, um, even though I've always been very patient with people and very empathetic. Coaching is one of the activities I do. Um, you never can understand someone else's situation unless you go through that. And I can I cannot say that I understand every people's situation, not at all, but at least I can understand when people tell me they're going through depression. Um, it's uh, it, it, you know, if you read a book about depression, you can uh, you can have an idea of what it means. Uh, but you know, it's to have the full experience, it's a different story, and it really creates more empathy towards others. So, after going through that, and with the work you're now doing on the brain um, and your whole, I guess, physical spirit and mental spirit. Um, what have you eliminated from your world in the last 12 months that's had a profound effect on your happiness or productivity, performance? Like, what have you taken out? That's another great question. <laughs> uh, and I think that uh, before that period, uh, maybe it's almost like um, all of us uh, pay too much attention to what people say or what people think of one's performance. And and I wasn't I was always be. I have always been a very independent thinker. Um, but I would say that after that period, that that period, I just choose to do what I do, and I know that no matter what one does, you can't please everybody. Uh, you can't lead everybody. Mm-hmm. And you can only do your best. So if you do your best from a place of compassion, of true intent, of integrity, um, some people will follow what you're doing simply because they will feel um, identified with that. And other people will not understand it no matter what you do. So uh, I'm, I would say that I'm more free. I free uh, I'm more free inside in terms of, well, I can only do the best I can do. Uh, and, you know, it doesn't matter if everybody likes it or not. There's nothing. I can do about it. Um, so that, that's probably my, my biggest learning. It's half time on the Mojo Show and time to pause for a cause. Hi, I'm Tim Martin and my business, Net 101, is a proud material sponsor of the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre, which is based here in Melbourne. Now, the centre supports those seeking asylum in Australia by uh, upholding their human rights as well as providing community support and opportunities so that they can live independently. 
After all, it's Australian to say welcome. The Mojo Radio Show. In the TED speech that I saw you at, Sylvia, um, you talk about makers and takers, which I thought was a really interesting frame. Um, Can you Mm -hmm. explain what you mean about makers and takers? Um, Well, I I thought, you know, there are some people that... um, they put all their energy to make a difference in the world, no matter what they are doing. Uh, in my case, uh, we, it's, it is with what I have learned and what I know, uh, and I feel confident with this, which is about helping teams and leaders and people to, to become the best version of themselves. And even though it's being used uh, by other people, I, I will. this is what I do, really. Um, so... Um, I do this and I, I think I, I make, I make books or I make workshops or I make tools or I, I, I'll use my energy to create stuff. Um, some people are just waiting to receive, you know, and if it doesn't work exactly like they expect, they will just take from the energy of others. And instead of being active about creating, they will be active about uh, blaming or marking the things that don't, do not work instead of trying to sort the problems. Um, and I think it has to do with how your brain is functioning as well. Are you a problem solver or are you a problem creator? Um, we all have problems and we all have to uh, go to our resources to solve them. Um, but some people seem to just to find the problems. And I think in organizations, mm. and see, I see this uh, a lot, you know, lack of compassion, lack of, look, I have a couple of hours left. Can I help you? or I have two minutes left, can I help you? Or you have a problem, what can I do for you? Instead of uh, complaining why things don't work. And I think we have lost in the last 50 years the sense that we are all working towards something. We all live in the same planet and we need to help each other because uh, if we compete against each other, we destroy what we have created. Uh, And I think this sense of individuality that technology has created is very helpful because it allows us to communicate with anywhere in the world, but it has made us also a bit more self-centered rather than cooperative with others. It's interesting with what you talk about with the um, with empathy and caring. Susan Greenfield wrote a book called Mind Change that I read recently. And uh, one of the things she talked about was that due to the digital world and particularly social media, envy as a value was growing because we spend our time looking at everybody else who are showing themselves off in their best light. Yes. And that can make us feel as though our own world's pretty crap. Um, in comparison. And because of that, envy is growing, but empathy is, is subsiding and empathy as a value or a, an attribute in our lives um, is falling by the wayside. And it sounds like you guys are, are talking about the same thing when you're saying that, is it empathy and compassion in, in, in your mind? Do you think we're losing that ability? Um. I read an article um, uh, from Harvard Business Review that said that uh, teenagers in America um, show the lowest rates of empathy than uh, than ever before, and they believe that you know the loneliness of coming back to school and maybe uh, don't not having anyone around because both parents are working or one one only one parent. Um, uh, has pushed them to start thinking about survival needs and what they are going to do with the rest of the afternoon and how they sort out their, um, you know, their homework or whatever, um, which pushes the individual to communicate less, uh, to help other people that may be around the house and there's no one around. Um, so it's almost like the mind goes inside instead of going out to reach out to 
people. So there's something that is happening, and I, I could not find any particular research that shows exactly all these consequences of what we are doing, but it's it's quite visible, particularly for people our age who have lived in a time of there wasn't any computers uh, to now there are lots of computers and digital devices. So we have seen, you know, what has happened in between. So are you aware of anything, are there any particular exercises or tips or tools that you know of that people could go through as part of their daily ritual to enhance that operation of the brain? Well, um, like any circuit, like the creativity circuits, if there's such circuit, but, you know, thinking imaginatively, if we don't stop and, you know, look at the stars, look at the clouds and spend some time doing nothing, activating our imagination, then we start saying that we don't have imagination or we only have imagination when we're children. The same thing happens with social skills. If when I am at work, um, my boss tells me don't spend or don't waste time at the water cooler having a chat with someone, you should be in front of the computer obviously we are going to start mm. uh, stop socializing and mm. that is going to make us more introverted or you know less interested or less keen to show a, a genuine interest for other people so one of the things I say to people in my workshops in the breaks make sure you don't go and check your emails if there's nothing urgent uh, use the time to connect and to talk and to ask questions. And I think that it's a very useful practice that all of us should do. We don't say hello to people that we don't know in the lifts anymore, uh, like we used to do many years ago. So this is something that it's easy to do. It doesn't cost anything. And uh, it's part of uh, exercise in our social brain. Robert, that's gold. That's absolute gold. I've always been a fan of intuition. Is there something that you can do to improve your intuition? Uh, uh, well, I definitely believe uh, we can improve intuition. Uh, I call intuition as the, as the little voice, the small voice that is in our bodies and, and brains that speaks to us with such a gentle voice that if we are too stressed, too busy, we are not going to listen to it. And when you ask see. Uh, or entrepreneurs uh, about their best decisions in their life, they don't talk about facts and figures. They talk about that gut feeling or that sense in their heart that that was the best decision that they had to make. Um, So intuition does exist uh, um, in my view and... um, and it manifests in certain areas of the brain, I would dare to say, uh, and we just uh, um, have learned to ignore it because uh, we need to justify our decisions in front of a board or in front of a group of shareholders. And then we look for the information, the analytical information to back up what our intuition is telling us. Um, but when people don't need to do that, uh, they become more relaxed. And then when as they are more relaxed, they start to hear that little small voice that tells them, mm, maybe, you know, this is the way to go. Um, so um, intuition is one of the pillars of the I4 model, which is the leadership model that I have developed. And I think that uh, it's very important to bring it back in order to balance uh, how analytical our minds have gone. And that sometimes numbers do not sort out the most important issues we have to face. Mm, that's, that's, that's lovely. That's beautiful. You um, sent me your latest book, which is beautiful. It's called The Poetry of Leadership, um, and you've written that with yourself and Matt Jackson. Um, what I love about it is so different in its approach to a book. What was the thinking behind it? So be like, what, what are you hoping the book will help people with when they buy it? 
Well, you know, one of the um, uh, pieces of recent research by University of Exeter um, shows that um, when we communicate uh, with words, uh, the traditional words and with numbers, um, there are two, two areas of the brain that activate. There are the areas of uh, Wernicke and Broca, which are there to understand language and to decode the language so our brain can understand what's being said. Um, but when um, we are speaking in, in the shape of a storytelling or, or, or poetry, um, it, there are other areas that come into the into the into this dance of understanding and decoding language. So uh, I talk about leadership. I, I wrote a book called uh, "The Leadership Is Upside Down," and I open it with a poem, which is also about leadership. And then I decided, prompted by the death of my father in December, I. Uh, decided to write this uh, small book, just wrote 16 poems in less than 15 days. I have never written poetry before in this way for a book. Um, I'm, you know, as you know, I speak Spanish, half Spanish, half English. And I thought, well, you know, I'm not good enough. But then I said, well, who cares? I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> and good then I invited <laughs> I invited Matt Jackson, who is a poet, and you know, to assess my writing. <laughs> and then we ended up uh, <laughs> writing 50 poems each. And, um, and then I thought, well, if I can get a message uh, explaining what leadership and what communication looks like, but in a poetry, in a poem format, wouldn't that be cool? And then it happened like that, simple as that. You know, if I've never written poetry, I'm not even a, an English speaker, um, native speaker, uh, why can't people really jump into awakening their creative? Self, if they do whatever, painting, pottery, uh, writing, and they feel good about that, and they can enhance other circuits in their brains, why not? You know. What's your own secret hope for the future? My secret hope for the future, I would say, is that um, we really use our brains for um, creating a healthy planet and a planet where there's less wars. And I know some other people may have said this before, but it doesn't matter uh, because I think the lack of understanding that we have of each other and the levels of stress that we have created for ourselves in our current society are not sustainable. We need to reconnect with nature. We need to reconnect with ourselves. We need a bit of introspection and stop you know, buying things just because everybody else is buying things. Um, mm, uh, mm. And not really use our time more creative, more creatively and uh, to help other people. You know, there are people with lots of problems around the world. And I think that any enterprise that anyone can take in order to think about others more about themselves, I think it's a good venture and that will help society overall. Fantastic. Hey, um, because you, you spend your day thinking about looking at helping reshape brains and brain health. Do you have any non-negotiable things or rituals in your day that you have to do every day to look after your own brain health? Well, apart from brushing my teeth, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I take at least a 15-minute walk. If I'm really busy and I can't do anything else, I make sure I go for a walk. I have a dog which pushes me to go for a walk. Uh, but if you don't have a dog, uh, just you know, give yourself time for yourself, 15, 20 minutes, and reflect on what happened to you during the day because reflection is a big friend of leadership. Without reflection, it's really hard. Oh, nice. Think about 
you know, the things we need to change in order to be better leaders or to be better individuals. Um, reflection and feedback is essential. So I asked my team for feedback. How can I do this better? You know, uh, how was this call? Like, you know, the, you hear, you heard me. Uh, what could I have done to make it even better? So continuously feedback and reflection are, are, are part of who I am now. Robo, you're going to love this, buddy. Am I? I'm going to finish on absolute high. Right. Now, <laughs> Sylvia is from Argentina. Did you pick that? I picked an accent. I didn't pick the accent. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sylvia, it would be remiss of me. Robo and I, we love <laughs> I our steaks. I Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody does the steaks better than the Argentinians. And I think the Argentinian gauchos are the superstars behind the barbecue. Because that's part of your culture, and I know you know the answer to this question, can you give us, give us the stepping stones that we need to produce the ultimate Argentinian steak? Okay, no problem. Okay, so first of all, uh, you have to put, you have to take the meat out of the fridge, maybe three hours or four hours before you're about to cook the meat, and then salt it on both sides, just salt, we don't use any other uh, ingredient, and then cover it with a, a cloth and just le- let it sit for, for a couple of hours. Then you start preparing the fire, and as you know, the coals have to be like really red without um, flame, mm. um, and uh, when once they are orange, really, really, really hot, uh, then you put the barbecue. Then you put the meat on the barbecue, and it has to be at least 10, 10 to fifteen centimeters high, so it doesn't. It's not too close to the coals, uh, and then you have to cook it um, in ninety minutes up to two hours, uh, so it really cooks um, cooks very slowly, and that's the secret, oh, folks. Welcome to the Mojo <laughs> Cooking Show. <laughs> oh, how, good, how good does that sound, mate? Oh, that sounds great. And you know what? You've just given me inspiration for a new segment. I think every guest now must come with a recipe. Oh, oh. wonderful. That will activate the brains, most certainly. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, my, my mouth is salivating now. <laughs> That's gold. <laughs> my brain's working. Oh, wonderful. I'm That's write that down. Okay, I know what I'm having for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into the butcher now. <laughs> yeah. Sylvia, this has been wonderful. You're you're such a superstar. Um, we will put a link to your TEDx speech mm. onto our show notes. Um, Sylvia, for people who want to get in touch with you, um, learn more about what you do, the About My Brain Institute the methodology, the I4 uh, neuro leader model and all the wonderful stuff you're doing. How does someone How does someone find you? How do they get in touch with you? Okay, so they can go to our website, www.aboutmybrain.com uh, or send me an email at hello at aboutmybrain.com uh, and, uh, yeah, just send us an email and um, uh, tune into our video library and, and things we do um, and subscribe to our newsletter and thank you so so much for um, allowing me to say this. You're welcome. And can I just say, I think that's got to be the best email address I've heard of in a long time. Hello at aboutmybrain.com.au. I love it. <laughs> Simple things amuse me and that's brilliant. <laughs> it's just .com, not Oh, dot .com, sorry. But, yeah, I love it. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So the book is now available. It's available in Amazon. So if you just go to Amazon, the US store, um, it's available there. Well, I can listen to you talk mm-hmm. all day. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> oh, man. And I'm, 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 what, what? I'm not French. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call it? Spanglish. Spanglish, yeah. yeah. Spanglish. <laughs> 
It is fantastic. You're beautiful. You're smart. You sound great. It's, it's, been, it's been a real treat having you on, Sylvia. Thank you so much for spending some time on the Mojo Radio Show. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Getting your mojo working. This is the Mojo Radio Show. So there you go, mate. That's all you need to know about your little brain. Yeah. Well, you've got to have one first, but... um, You've got to have one, and then you've got to use it. That's um, right. Before we wrap up today, a quick mm. shout-out to our good friend, Anna Devaner, who mm. is the sleep muse, who is one of our most popular shows ever in our history yeah. um, when we did a show specifically on sleep, and she's just an absolute angel. Um, was a bit crook and has been in hospital, so our best wishes go out to our good buddy, Anna Devaner. Sleep yeah, well, my friend. Yeah, thinking of you, Anna. That's not very nice news at all, is it? That's awful. No, no, it's a bit nasty. A bit of a, a bit of a brighter note and a personal one for me. Just a quick shout out to my under ten Eastwood boys who um, who played uh, Norths on the weekend on Sunday. We sort of went into the game not expecting to win. Talking about personal grit, as we do on this show, we played at TG Milner, which is actually Eastwood's first grade's home ground. They got to play on the on the main oval, which was a big thrill for them to begin with. But uh, we walked into the sheds before the game and had a bit of a chat about what it means to wear an Eastwood jersey and. And, uh, and how it's not a right, it's a privilege that they've earned to, um, to play in the jersey. And the boys did us proud, mate. We, uh, we went out onto the field and we flogged them. Nice. So, um, yeah. Put nice the photo t- of you in the dressing room with the boys up on the uh, Facebook page, mate, because that's a, uh, it's a cracking photo. Yeah, yeah, I will do that. It's a good photo, isn't it? But, uh, mate, I reckon that's just about a show. Yeah. Out. The Mojo Radio Show is produced and recorded in the studios of Voodoo Sound. For more tips and tools to get your mojo working, check us out on Facebook at The Mojo Radio Show or online at themojoradioshow.com. For more about Gary, see garybertwhistle.com or to polish your next audio or video production, check out voodoosound.com.au and for the right voice, realtimecasting.com. Andrew Peters speaking. See you next time.